Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Find your competitive advantage. If you don't have a competitive advantage, find out how you'll get it. And if there's not a clear path to that find a partner to invest with who does. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluffy stuff with us, Nay, Neil Walgren. How are you doing, Neil? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Joe. Well, I'm glad to hear it. It's my pleasure. Neil works full-time as COO at Mag Capital Partners. They are focused on industrial product. He has eight years of real estate investing experience, both active and passive. Their portfolio is $350 million worth of industrial, triple net lease commercial. And his background He's a commissioned officer and pilot in the U.S. Air Force and Navy. Thank you, sir, for everything you did for our country, you and your colleagues. I sincerely mean that. Neil's based in San Francisco, California, and you can check out their website, magcp.com. It's also in the show notes. So with that being said, Neil, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Yeah, absolutely. So like you mentioned, slightly non-standard track to finding commercial real estate. California native, grew up just outside of San Francisco. I really kind of grew up in the suburbs, a little bored out there, decided I need some excitement and went to the Air Force Academy and went on to fly a number of planes, but primarily the C-130, the Hercules. So flew that full-time for the Air Force and then part-time for the Navy and the reserves. Been to over a hundred countries two combat deployments to Iraq and Afghanistan. And really it was just a great maturing and experiential process in my twenties. That was kind of the right thing at the right moment there. So ultimately did that for altogether about 10 years and kind of hit a transition point where you start looking, hitting that point in your life, you're like, all right, can I keep doing what I'm doing now and hit really my goals for all the things I want to do? And, you know, the more I was in the flying world, kind of the more and more I realized my time was stuck to hours in the cockpit, which was stuck to time away from home and not being able to kind of build that family work-life balance that I was hoping for. So that was my catalyst for effectively transitioning out of the aviation and out of the military side 
and somewhat serendipitously ended up running into a family friend right at that transition point who had built up kind of an equity focused really investor focused arm of commercial real estate and they had a model where they would effectively partner with developers and operators and brokers who had a very niche skill set for commercial real estate deals, but didn't necessarily have that capital component. So we would JV with them kind of on a deal by deal basis. And that was effectively how I got my feet wet and jumped into commercial real estate about eight, nine years ago. What was your role eight, nine years ago? I know it's evolved. I assume it's evolved since yeah. then, but what, what was it at the beginning? Yeah, at first it was operations, kind of bringing that very structured checklist discipline multi-component experience of flying and really piloting and managing a multi-crew aircraft. And the founder was skilled at certain parts, but kind of that operational piece knew he had a hole to fill. And so I came in on that side, really just kind of working internally and then slowly grew and built out a team. And through that process, we ended up growing our holdings and portfolio in about four years by about 10X. So it was a really a fast growth profile and learned just fire hose effect. And we got to see and underwrite through everything from multifamily to industrial to commercial, multi-tenant retail, even some ground up development stuff. So really got to see a, a ton of different types of commercial real estate and a bunch of different partners and really got to see and really hone in on what is the type of real estate that I love here? What stands out amongst the rest and what operating teams do I find exceptional? And ultimately, one of those groups was Mad Capital, who had the opportunity to join up with full-time about four years ago. And we'll get to that. Just so I'm clear on the op, you said you first started doing operations and slowly grew from there. What specifically were you doing when you started out? When I first came in, it was a bit of chaos. It was just emails. It was a lot of projects. There was, I would say, ineffective communication going on between investment partners, between operator partners. And really it was just start from the ground up and every day was, all right, let's build this checklist out to have a rhythm, a flow, monthly check-in meetings, set up standards and consistencies with both investors and with operator partners, set up expectations and really start delivering on time or early on what we said we would do. And that was really a major piece that was missing on this firm when I came in and really setting up that relentless methodical approach toward day-to-day -day operations, which slowly grew weekly and monthly and kind of an annual forecast was ultimately what allowed us to grow. As COO, what are your KPIs that you're evaluated by? Great questions. My primary focus is in capital markets. So we're vertically integrated at MAG. So we not only broker and, and source our own deal opportunities, but we also fund with our internal investment partners. So I am graded and effectively judged by how well we can effectively pair those two pieces. And like most folks- have, What two pieces? Both the deal side and the equity side, you know, okay. cash and deals. And effectively- you need to be skilled and efficient at doing both, but more so you need to be balanced and be able to find the right flow to say, hey, am I looking ahead? What's my deal flow pipeline look like? Am I preparing adequately on the investor side? So it's everything from, are we able to get the right deal flow for what our investors are asking for? How many deals per year? Are we able to fund effectively and quickly? 
Are we able to do it in a way that commitments turn into true funded positions? And all these really kind of granular details of a a COO are probably the most important components of the position. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. Mark your calendars for the best ever conference February 24th through 26th back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. Get the lowest prices right now at besteverconference.com. That's besteverconference.com. That's a lot of responsibility, first off. (laughs) Assuming that I'm interpreting what you said correctly. So does that mean that you're responsible for finding the deals? And does that also mean you're responsible for finding the money to fund those deals? We have more of the latter. So we have two principals, Dax Mitchell and Andrew G, who come from a brokerage and a broker background and also from a effectively commercial real estate appraisal background. So they run our acquisitions team. They're sourcing, they're using, I mean, multi-decade relationships to put together, find these industrial single tenant net leased investments that we do. And then ultimately as those opportunities come and work through the pipeline to the point where if it makes it all the way through, they become an offering that we want to effectively bring into our investment group. That transition and that alignment of debt partners, equity partners, and ultimately getting a solid deal under contract, that is where my primary focus relies. So I heard debt, equity, and then you said ultimately getting a solid deal under contract. Are you responsible for any part of the negotiations to get the deal under contract once the other two partners identify it? Yeah, most of the negotiations are done on the principal level. So they work. And our primary way that we're sourcing deals is actually somewhat unique in that it's through sale leaseback. So it's a very niche way to create opportunity in that space. So unlike other commercial real estate asset types, these projects probably have more work that's done up front because you're negotiating not only purchase price of your asset, but also the brand new lease that you're putting in place and kind of the relationship between those two. Elaborate more on that, will you? So you said primary way you're sourcing deals is by sale leaseback. So you're finding them via leasebacks or that's just a mechanism that is used to I don't even know. Help me understand. That a <laughs> sure. More. So a high level of sale leaseback is effectively when you have, to use an example, the industrial space. Imagine you have a light manufacturing company who operates and owns their own real estate. 
So a sale leaseback is when they sell off the real estate that they own and simultaneously lease it back as a tenant. Ah. So we come in as the buyer and then we transition to the landlord. They are the seller who transitions to the tenant. Got it. So how you find those deals is by seeking out businesses that currently own the land and reaching out to them and say, hey, you want to sell it to us and just lease it back? Typically not directly. A lot of it's done through broker relationships. So those type of companies or what happens most of the time, those companies are recently acquired by private equity backers. So those private equity groups, they are intensely focused on growing the operational component of their new business, less interested in being real estate owners. So they will often be the driving force. They'll either connect with us directly or through broker relationships and effectively say, hey, we just bought this company. We want to basically move the cash into the operations side to grow EBITDA, to grow revenues, profitability, et cetera. So they will sell the real estate, prefer to be in a tenant position, and then redirect that capital into growth metrics. So you're responsible for debt and equity? Yes. We have specific teams on both sides of it. But you're the one overseeing it? Correct. Okay. So let's talk about equity because I think most of the listeners are interested in that primarily, but we will talk about debt too, because that's something that gets glossed over, but shouldn't equity. What was the last deal you bought? We just closed on a five building, 500,000 square foot industrial portfolio with a single tenant. And that tenant was a powdered metal parts manufacturer, kind of a neat industry. Imagine 3D printing with layers of plastics, but these guys did the same thing with layers of powdered metal. They effectively forge it into these complex parts, sell to automotive, aerospace, heavy equipment, et cetera. So we did a sale leaseback transaction buying five different buildings, um, all tenanted by the same company. How much equity was required for that? That one, I believe we raised about 10 or 11 million. Okay. And where did that, let's say 11, where did that 11 come from? We effectively have really long-term investment partners. It's a range of family offices, a range of high net worth individuals, retail investors, and ultimately do multiple deals with these same folks. Okay. So the $11 million came from both family office and high net worth individuals? Correct. And what percent do high net worth individuals make up of the 11, approximately? Probably the majority. I don't have the exact numbers. Okay. Majority. And how are you attracting the new individuals, not the current ones, but new high net worth individuals? Having been in this space a long time, my feeling on it is there's two sort of extreme approaches. You can be more of a marketer or you can be more of a effectively deep relationship deal focused type of equity relationship. And we've chosen to be the latter. So we really do very little outside marketing. Almost all of the growth, all the new investment partners that we've made are almost probably 99% referrals. So it's effectively devoting resources, devoting time into folks who repeat or invest with us on a repeated basis. And they effectively bring friends, family, colleagues, and that's been almost 100% of our growth on that side. How, if at all, do you encourage or help facilitate referrals? 
everyone who invests with us is important. There's some people in our network that we found over time really are just phenomenal partners and not even necessarily the biggest check writers, but people that really believe in the product, believe in our model, believe in our team, and ultimately bring in what I call outsized referral sources. And those what we found is really hyper-focusing on those people, thank yous, handwritten notes, gifts, taking out, just showing, it doesn't need to be monetary-based either, but just putting attention back into the people that are really helping make you successful. And we really put an emphasis on that as a team and it's paid dividends, in my opinion. What system do you use to track that? A lot of tags. We use a CRM coupled with our investor portal. We meet three times a week, myself and my equity team, and we outline who needs attention. What is the best way to effectively give back? What's the best way to receive feedback, solicit feedback? All those pieces done on a very repeatable, consistent process is what we found to be the best approach on that. Which CRM do you use and which investor portal do you use? We use a portal CRM coupling called SinPro. So we recently switched over to that system and have been pretty happy. What'd you switch over from? Juniper Square. And why'd you switch? I think Juniper Square, in our opinion, not to get too much in the weeds, perhaps a focus more on institutional investor relationships. And for the type of relationships that we had, we felt we were able to effectively present opportunities and manage in a more robust manner in terms mm -hmm. of metrics, in terms of graphics, in terms of telling the story of these industrial investment opportunities with the Simpro platform. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to start your own syndication business or maybe you've tried, but you've been unable to get your first apartment deal? Well, it's hard. I know firsthand getting started in syndication is not easy. So have you considered working with a mentor? Imagine working one-on-one -on -one with a full-time syndicator who can help you do your first apartment building deal faster, help you avoid big mistakes, and scale your portfolio. If you feel like I'm speaking to you right now, then I want you to check out the mentoring program from my friend, Michael Blanc, who specializes in helping people get started with apartment buildings. I've known Michael for many years now, and he genuinely wants to help people become financially free. He developed a proven system and has helped hundreds of people do their first apartment building deal. I know he can help you as well. To find out more, text the word Joe. J-O-E, to 66866. I know Michael's going to take care of you. Go ahead and text the word Joe, J-O-E, to 66866. Do it right now while it's fresh on your mind, and let's get you started with your own apartment syndication business. Deals and money. We are constantly seeking deals and money as real estate investors, and I bet you're having a challenge right now, especially with deals, if you're like most real estate investors, because it's tough to find deals right now. But here's the thing. There's a competitive advantage out there that when implemented, it will help you accomplish your objective of getting more deals and or getting more investors. And that is having a great follow-up system. Having a great follow-up is one of the keys to success. 
Jackson Real Estate. And Follow Up Boss is the leading CRM for real estate. This is the system you need in place so you can reach out to owners and brokers directly for deals, or you can follow up with your investors, and you do it all in one spot. The CRM makes it 10 times faster to call and text owners, then integrates those into a software so nothing slips through the cracks. The Follow Up Boss conversion system and powerful management tools help align your methods and drive growth that otherwise it could have been missed and probably would have been missed. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever to get a system in place. And if you need help, they got you covered. Follow Up Boss offers experts seven days a week. You can pick up the phone and speak to an actual human being anytime during business hours. Visit followupboss.com forward slash best ever to check out how much time you could save by streamlining your follow-up process. Best ever listeners, they're treating you extra special. You get an extended 30-day free trial, twice the length of the normal trial. For a limited time, go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever and perfect your follow-up. I'm glad you found the right platform. Yeah. And it's okay to get into the weeds in this conversation. <laughs> That's all right. Because like a lot of investors are looking at different options. So this sure. is helpful. So as far as the focus on, it might have been a little more focused on institutional investor. Can you just give a couple examples for people who are trying to identify, okay, here's the type of porter I'm looking for. Because most listeners for the show, they're focused on high net worth investors as their investors. Yeah. So this will resonate. With any investment, it comes down to telling a story. And effectively, a system should be just a medium that you're using that allows you to tell your story in a way that's effective. If you're effective, if you've told that story well in a clear, concise manner, and you have the right amount of trust and backing with your investors, and really the equity will fall into place at that point. Industrial can be tricky, right? Because I'll be honest with you, it's not that sexy. It's in four walls. Oftentimes it's in secondary markets. It's not flashy. It's not on the front end of a new development center. Typically it tends to be really the value and the beauty of it is the relationship between kind of core, dirty, often manufacturing operations paired with the real estate that allows that to happen. So to tell that story, we use drone footage, we use some nice imagery, and we like to pair the story of what operation is happening within these four walls, what type of manufacturing, what are the products, where does this go, how is this integrated in American industry, and then really couple this investment in real estate around that and pairing those two. I'm using a lot of graphics, and we found that that particular platform allowed us to do it best. What about on the debt side? How do you identify the right debt product for, let's use an example, the last deal that you did? Sure. Yeah. Honestly, we found a lot of the industrial products that we're buying, we find opportunity in the seams. So we're buying secondary markets or kind of what I call commutable secondary it might be the labor force for this manufacturing is in say a Des Moines or a Champaign, Illinois, some similar size city. And then ultimately the asset might be 10 miles outside of town, but that's okay. If you have the right strength of tenant and the right credit behind it, that can be the most sleep easy cash flowing vehicle you can have. But to your point, those type of markets can be sometimes scary or overlooked by national lenders. And so what we found is regional lenders, state level, or kind of a Southwest oriented banks or Midwest oriented banks who know those areas better, have tighter relationships with companies and individuals in those areas. Those really, for our type of model and product, 
are absolutely the best kind of debt partners. So we do repeat business with typically smaller credit unions and banks. Based on your experience, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? I would say that the best advice that I have is find your competitive advantage. If you don't have a competitive advantage, find out how you'll get it. And if there's not a clear path to that, find a partner to invest with who does. You know, I think, you know, relying on kind of commodity skills without having some outlying advantage really leaves a lot of risk on the table for an investment. So I would say find someone who has an ultra tight niche and specialty, does it well, and then either partner with them or emulate what they're doing. Is your competitive advantage the two principles and their background? Is it just being focused on industrial relative to the rest of the commercial real estate world that, that isn't? What would you say? I think we as a team, I believe we put together better investments in single tenant, net least industrial acquired through sale leaseback transactions than anyone else. That's a mouthful. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You you make that sentence long enough, of course, no will be exactly that. (laughs) That makes sense though. I'm glad that you talked about that. And I'm glad that we touched on each of those aspects of it too, since that's your competitive advantage. We're into a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. Best ever way you like to give back to the community. I would say what we've talked about before, finding those who put in a outsized effect on your personal development and growth and finding those people and giving back. And so I think we find those folks and shower them with time, with attention, with appreciation and listen. And I think by really taking the interaction level to a higher level with a smaller group of people that are directly responsible for your success I think that's what we do best. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you all are doing? We have a lot of resources on our website, www.magcp.com. Or I love to hear feedback, comments, questions from folks as well. You can reach me direct at neil, N-E-I-L, at magcp.com. Neil, thanks for being on the show. Enjoy talking about a sector that I do not focus on in the commercial real estate world because I love being educated on it. And so appreciate that. And then, hey, even if we're not focused on this sector, there's a lot of takeaways that you talked about that can be applied to any aspect of commercial real estate or any aspect of business, quite frankly. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and talk to you again soon. Thanks, Joe.